Hi there and welcome to Inside Rugby League, the podcast brought to you by the Yorkshire Evening Post. I'm Richard Byram and joining me on the line again as usual this week is my colleague Peter Smith. Peter, as you'll know by now, is the Yorkshire Evening Post Chief Rugby League Writer and he also contributes articles to our sister paper, the Yorkshire Post. Been another busy week of, of action for all the teams, Peter, and some good results for our sides thrown in there. Yeah, yeah, which uh, some of them makes a refreshing change, doesn't it? Two wins for um, two wins for your boys, Wakefield. Yeah, brilliant. Cass got a um, much needed win the other day, and, and Leeds have had a, a defeat with a, a weakened team and a win over Cass. So. Yeah, they've all got reasons to be satisfied with the way things have gone recently. Um, in different circumstances, Leeds rested most of their key players for the game at St Helens, gave the young kids a chance, and they did all right. Again, scored a couple of tries, were well beaten, um, were 22-0 down at half-time, but came back in, in decent style in the second half. It finished 40 points to... Um, to eight, and they were against the best team in the comp, so I, I think they can be reasonably satisfied with the way Leeds' youngsters are going. Um, the bigger test for Leeds was obviously on Monday against Castleford, who who had a few missing, but are a reasonably strong side out. Leeds were were more or less full strength, and I thought Castleford were unfortunate not to to get a result from that game. Um, obviously had Oliver Holmes sent off in the first half, which was a, a crucial moment, really. But they dug deep and defended really well, particularly in the second half, Castleford. And um, within 11 minutes of, of getting a win, which would have been a, a fantastic result for them, Leeds ground it out, really. I, I, they didn't play well. I thought. I thought it was... A poor game, and a lot of people have said it was a real full-blooded, old-fashioned, enjoyable derby. I actually thought it was, it was scrappy, poor quality. Um, I thought Leeds made far too many errors, some poor decisions. Um, they do score tries when they get the game together, though, and that that got them out of a hole. Um, I think they'll have to play a whole lot better against Wakefield this week. They play Wakefield on Thursday. Um, obviously, Leeds is the second game in four days. Wakefield will be full of confidence after two good wins. Um, they toughed it out against Huddersfield last week. And then I thought they played with flair in the win over Hulkara on Sunday. Scored some cracking tries, particularly um, Reese Lynn I thought was outstanding. That's as well as I've ever seen him play in the centre for, um, for Wakey. And he set up a, or helped set up a hat-trick for Ben Jones-Bishop, who's in good form. Wakey have got some fresh bodies to come back for this week and a few weeks ago you just said Leeds Wakey would be more or less a guaranteed big win for Leeds. I don't think that's the case now. I think if Leeds play well they'll they'll probably win but they'll have to play well because Wakey have nothing to lose. They're in good um, spirits and in good form and they will test Leeds. So uh, that's quite an intriguing game. Castleford against Huddersfield um, on Friday this week tough one to, to call that one I think Cass if they can reproduce the spirit they showed against Leeds against the odds um, are more than capable of going to, to Huddersfield and winning that one so there's some intriguing games coming up Yeah it's uh, well it's certainly been the, the best week in a long time for, for us Wakefield fans um, I think we've been 
over the last few weeks, really banging our heads against the wall, really, haven't we? And not being able to see where Wakefield's next win was going to come from. And certainly going into those two games after the performance against Saints, you wouldn't have given Wakefield much hope again. But uh, as often happens in these situations, it was a bit of an external bust-up uh, uh, article in the Daily Star newspaper by a former colleague of ours, Jeremy Cross, which uh, seemed to rile the Wakefield players up, saying that basically Chris Chester was clueless, the players weren't playing for him. He'd soon be gone and the sooner the season was over and they could start afresh with a new coach, uh, the better. Chris obviously was, and his family and friends and players at the club were reportedly very upset by that and they were upset by it and rightly so. Uh, but it seems to have done the trick strangely. They, they came out against Huddersfield and they dug really deep for a, a great win. Again, it was a bit nip and tuck all the way, but the way things have gone for Wakefield this season, you would expect them coming out on the wrong end of that result, but they didn't. And I think they showed that uh, certainly the 17 involved in that game were all playing for Chris. And then they followed it up on the Sunday uh, against Hull KR with another big win, which, again, this time last week, you, you'd have probably fancied Hull KR to beat Wakefield, but... You know, Wakefield really put them to bed by the sound of it. I have, haven't seen any action from that game, I must admit. But interesting, you mentioned Reese Lynn there. Um, in the game against Saints the previous week, when they'd lost 48-6, I, I thought that Reese seemed to have really lost his confidence and lost his way. But like a lot of players, and, and obviously the 17 or so, been on duty for Wakefield in those two games, it's that old cliche, it's an amazing what a win can do. And now, uh, looking ahead to Thursday and the, and the tough game Leeds had last night, you'd fancy Wakefield, uh, well, definitely giving them a good game and maybe even nicking it. Um, maybe I'm getting a bit carried away with the euphoria of two victories in four days. But, you know, I think that uh, that Wakefield have certainly got a chance. And, you know, the, the thing I noticed about the Leeds cascade was, as you say, a rough, tough old affair. They really knocked seven bells out of each other and... Again, the game was kind of in the balance right till the end, so neither team could really afford to take their foot off the gas. They both had to keep playing for the full 80. It, you know, it wasn't one of these blowout games where it was all sorted after an hour or anything. And, uh, you know, I, there were a lot of scrappy play in it, I must admit, but for a neutral viewer, I think it was, it was decent entertainment. There was a, you know, a sending off, which Oliver Holmes has rush of blood to the head. I don't know what on earth he was thinking of then, but uh, he deserved to be sent off, in my opinion. Uh, you can't kick out at players like that, whether you're messing about. The, the intention or the suggestion is clearly there, you know, and he swung the boat in the direction of Richie Myler and didn't give the referee much alternative but to send him off. And, uh, you know, again, a, a decent game, some daft mistakes and uh, probably, again, a, a symptom of the number of games that players have played, uh, Cameron Smith's brainstorm when he kicked it up in the air and Greg Eden raced away and some nicely crafted tries as well. And then, as you say, looking ahead, apart from the Leeds game, you, you could see Cass if they play like that. Huddersfield, again, they don't seem to see know how to kill a game off. So, you know, I think Castleford may uh, pick up a win there as well. And uh, just interesting, just going on a, a bit of a tangent from there, Peter, but I see Ian Watson, the uh, 
Salford head coach, he turned down the opportunity to take over at Hull. Um, they're still looking for a thing. I know Redden, when we were chatting about Daryl Powell and Chris Chester last week and we said that maybe Daryl might be looking to, or Castleford might move Daryl on or Daryl might want to move on and Hull had been mentioned around as maybe one of the clubs that could be interested in Daryl, but uh, they're obviously looking at Ian and he's decided to stay put for now, which, you know, he's done a great job at Salford and it's nice to see a, a, a bit of loyalty, you know, being rewarded both ways there. I think Ian Watson's obviously one of the rising stars. I mean, he might even be an established star now in Super League coaching. Um, and at some stage... If he continues the way he's going, he's going to outgrow Salford realistically, isn't he? Yeah. They're, they're punching above the weight at the moment, but um, he's going to look at it and say that there are bigger clubs out there. Um, Hull is, in my opinion, a bigger club than Salford, but I think it probably makes sense for him to to hang on a little bit at Salford and and see what happens. There could be other jobs. Um, closer to home for him coming up in the next season or two, um, and I, th- I think he, I think he has shown loyalty to Salford, which is which is good. I think he, the power's in his hands at the moment, isn't it? Though if he's available, there'll be no shortage of clubs coming for him. So I, I think he can afford to to take his time, but it'll be a good appointment for whoever um, decides to take him on. He's done a fantastic job. At Salford, they're not only reaching finals now. I mean, grand final last year, Challenge Cup final this year, but they're playing entertaining rugby en route to doing that. And they're a, they're a good side to watch. They're probably they have got some very good players. I yes. think the quality of their side is underrated, <laughs> but but he's probably has got them playing above um, above what you'd expect from them. So he's done a done a terrific job, um, and it's good to see young English coaches coming through. I mean, one of the interesting things about the Challenge Cup final was both coaches were um, were English and also both played their careers in, in the lower divisions, which um, is something that got overlooked a little bit. I mean, they played together, Richard Agar and Ian Watson at Rochdale very briefly, but, but neither of them were, were superstars as players, but, but they've both turned into good, successful coaches. And I think that's that's good to see. It's healthy for the British game that we're producing um, good coaches now. And I, I just hope that clubs take note of this and are prepared to give up-and-coming homegrown coaches um, an opportunity. Uh, Richard Agar's been in the news a bit this week with his suggestion. Well, I don't know if it was his suggestion, but he it's something that he has mentioned about the format for the rest of the season with the fixture pile up we're in at the moment there are some dead rubber games and teams are having to play three times in a week which is obviously not ideal I mean it's it's impossible in the modern game to do that and to maintain standards the quality of the competition is suffering there's no doubt about that Um, just look at the Leeds cast game the other day and say a lot lot of errors um, St Helens fielded a, a young team against Salford, which was an entertaining game actually. They deserved to win did Salford did St Helens, but Salford nicked it out at the end. 
Um, Leeds have put their youngsters out three times this season. Warrington have done it. Um, Wigan did it in the, the derby against St Helens the other week before the Cup um, semi-final. The number of games teams having to play is affecting the competition. And the suggestion is that once the Sky contract's been fulfilled or nearly fulfilled, they have to play a certain number of, of games, then the sensible thing to do would be just to call an end to the season. Not everybody's going to reach 20 games now, as it is. We know that Catalan have got a long way to go. They've, they've got virtually no chance of completing the full fixture list. Um, Leeds won't, because I don't think their twice-postponed game at Catalan's is going to be fitted in. Um, the competition's being decided on um, point win percentage rather than points this year. So the idea is just to to cut out the dead rubber games, end the season now or or in the next week or so, and then go straight to the playoffs. And I, I think that's a, a sensible option. Teams like OKR, Wakefield, have got nothing to play for, really, but it's costing them money to um, test players for COVID, to get to games. I mean, Leeds are playing Wakefield at... Um, St Helens on Thursday and the whole derby's at St Helens on Thursday and it's it's not cheap hiring a coach or sometimes two coaches which clubs are doing to maintain social distancing to get across the Pennines so it's costing clubs money they they don't have season ticket um, holders to to, um, to fulfil because obviously the games are being played behind closed doors so why not end the season now, let's go straight to the playoffs, let's have an expanded playoff series Um, the players will be fitter and fresher going into the playoffs um, and we'll get better quality games over the final month or so of the season I think that makes makes sense all round, I don't think anybody at clubs like Wakey and Paul KR near the bottom of the table would be too upset if the season finished now and um, it would certainly improve the quality of the competition uh, involving the teams at the top of the table. So that's something that is definitely worth thinking about. And I have to get on with it, obviously, because time is passing. We're um, about a month away from the grand final now. But it, it just makes sense to me. It would fulfil the Sky contract and it would improve the quality of the competition. Yeah, you answered a few of my questions there, Peter, as you were talking regarding uh, obligations to the TV company and obviously the, the quality of the games. And so on. Would the players themselves lose money? I wonder if if the games didn't go ahead because they were playing games that they thought they would that they wouldn't. Or maybe each club that doesn't make the playoffs would get some kind of I don't know small payment to to cover them through. Players, to are, on, players are on contracts, aren't they? They're not being paid on a, a match by match basis. Um, a lot of them have, have taken pay cuts as it is this season, and then we're expecting them to play three games in um, three games in seven days. It's just not not possible. I say it's costing the clubs money to play. Yeah. Um, but it's, I'm not sure how many matches the Super League um, need to show to fulfil the contract, but, but we're not far off that now as far as I understand. There's been 63 Super League televised games so right. far this season, so yeah. so they're getting, getting towards it, and it would benefit Sky as well because they get better quality of matches. Nobody really wants to watch St Helens as 
full strength team thumping Leeds as youngsters. Um, it's good to see how the youngsters get on. Saints are always good to watch, but you want to see competitive matches, and we will get that if if this. I don't know if it's a proposal, but if this suggestion comes um, comes to fruition, so I'm I'm all for it. Again, Peter, sorry. Would would it mean that just the top four teams would play, or would they exp- would they extend it? Maybe no, they get, no, they're talking about extending it to um, well, top six is what Richard Agar has mentioned. Yeah. Um, the top six at the moment have all got at least a fifty percent win ratio, so you're not going to get into the playoffs having lost more than half your games. Um, and I don't think the top six is is going to change. It, it possibly could. Um, sixth place, maybe there's a couple of clubs that, that might be able to sneak into six, but it's probably not going to change. Yeah. So I think that's I think that's fair enough. I mean, people will say, well, Richard Agar's saying that because his team are, are fifth and it looks like they won't get into the top four. But, I mean, there, there may well be an element of that, but it doesn't mean what he's saying is is wrong and it's worth pointing out that at the start of the season it would have the original plan was for a top five playoff system that's changed to top four and if it was top five I think Leeds would would get in it so um, I I think I just think it makes makes sense Um, and there have been changes all the way through this season the goalposts have moved continually so I, I can't see a problem with with making Yet another change at this stage. No, that's uh, made some good points there, Peter. You know, it's uh, it's not something I've I've looked into into to, in great depth. I must admit that particular issue. Uh, but you know, I think you know it, it makes sense all round if if there's going to be a better quality of game. If some of the less well resourced teams, shall we say, uh, finish now and and go and regroup and get ready for next season. And as you say, Sky themselves and the spectators, obviously, and anybody who might be attracted to the game, new viewers and that, they don't want to see blowouts or, as you say, youth or reserve teams against Wigan or Saints or Leeds as first choice. Um, There's a degree of benefit to it, as we've discussed over the weeks. But overall, you know, at the end of the day, it's still probably men against boys or inexperienced men. And... uh, after the season we've had, really, I think a bit like the Challenge Cup final, it'd be nice to have a few memorable games at the end leading up to the grand final, which I noticed uh, we chatted last week regarding the venue for the grand final, and it sounds like that's going to be at Hull now at the KC or KCOM Stadium, uh, which I think is a good choice and uh, decent, I think we said last week. It's a, a decent stadium. Obviously, the crowd can't get in anyway, and uh, it, it looks like probably being a neutral venue too. So, on that note, really, Peter, I think um, we'll call time for this week. Thank you for your comments and insight as usual, and uh, hopefully, we'll catch up again soon. Thanks, Richard. Uh, for now, it's to, just again time to, for me to remind you all that uh, you can get the very latest rugby league news via our website, yorkshireeveningpost.co.uk on. Peter's own Twitter account at Peter Smith YEP or mine at Richard Byron YEP or at YEP Sports Desk uh, for the very latest news on the coronavirus rugby league and sport in general. So thanks again for listening and we'll hopefully be back soon.